Do you think you can be a manager, an effective, good manager without coffee experience? Well, hello and welcome or welcome back to the Valor Coffee Podcast. If you're new here, this is a podcast where I, along with my business partners and friends, Ethan and Ross, just Ethan today, talk about specialty coffee and running a coffee business. We often have interviews with other people in the profession. Welcome. We hope you enjoy the program. Today, we discuss whether or not it is necessary to have experience to open a coffee shop. We get a lot of questions about this, and we just want to answer whether we think it's a good idea or not. Hey, so every week we try to do a Q&A segment of the show. So if you have not done so yet, please submit any questions you have to info at valor.coffee and we will likely answer them on air. We're doing something fun in that we are going to put out a survey to people in the coffee industry where we just ask frequently asked questions and get your responses. We think this would be a really good way to crowdsource the way that you all might do things. So we need your help with this. If you could send us some questions you would like to ask to other coffee professionals. This can be as straightforward as what do you make as a coffee shop owner? How much does your cafe make per year? What is your cost of goods? percentage. All of these sorts of questions we want to put out and ask. Your answers will be anonymous whenever we do the survey, but we want to gather questions that would be helpful for you to have answers to. So send us questions like this they might have also to info at valor.coffee. When we put out the survey, those who respond to the survey will be entered into a raffle for a fellow opus. So if you want two entries, you'll get an extra entry if you send us questions that we can put onto the survey. So please send us those questions. Anyway, here's the show. Hope you all enjoy. Whoa. What? It's coffee. I know. Really punch you with specifically dark chocolate. Did you taste that? Like, it tastes like a straight-up dark chocolate fancy bar. You know yeah, what I mean? Like mast. It's, it's like a mast bar. Or a chocolatel. You remember when mast was in hot water? No. <laughs> Call it hot chocolate. They're in hot chocolate. <laughs> oh. Yeah, what? I don't remember what for. Man, this should be the gossip form. You don't remember what? <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say that. I think it just had something to do with the grade of bean they were using. There's repackaging Hershey's, dude. Yeah. I mean, I think that it was something along those lines. Okay, that's hilarious. Who knows? Hey, I mean, welcome to the program, right? I mean, I think we have some some things to address. We do. We're Uh, sorry. (laughs) First of all, we're sorry. Sorry you're watching this. Namely... Why don't you let people in on what happened to our good friend Ross? This well, morning? yeah, it's still in um, uh, still in limbo. But as you all know, Ross and I play ultimate frisbee on Wednesday mornings, and uh, basically Ross took a cleat to the face um, and is going to the urgent care to probably get stitches. We do have a bet going on whether he'll end up being able to get it from the urgent care or have to go to the ER mm. um, between you and me. So I'm looking to win some money from there. It was just a little too a little too mouth heavy for me. Yeah. I mean, it was on the corner of his mouth. Not pretty. Uh, so we will... I don't know if you're, you're going to hear about this ever again. You're just going to see Ross next week and it's going to be fine. Because mm. he could still talk and he's able-bodied so i think it might just be get some stitches mm. get on the road to recovery and keep chugging we love you ross uh i'm sorry 
I should have uh, beat up the guy that did it to you, but I didn't. I was afraid. Mm. I wasn't afraid. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Ross, if you're listening to this tomorrow, I know you will be. Tomorrow for you will be today, <laughs> right? Hey, good morning, Ross. I love you. We have a question. Okay. And it was a question for, I think it was a question for David Lamont. I can answer it. But we, we can probably answer it as David. I'm the right? next, best, next best thing, baby. <laughs> You're the next the next expert, the next expert. Wow. Uh, there were some questions for him, but unfortunately, David is not. Uh-oh, got to get David back on the show. So I'm going to throw out a few of the questions. And we'll answer them? <sighs> right now. Dude, shout out to having a Q&A moment. Yeah. It's been a little bit. We love, we love Q's. the questions. Oh, giving we love you it. A's. So, yeah. Please. Please. Keep it coming. All right. First question. Do you guys include owner compensation? This was not for David. There's another one for David. <laughs> do you guys include owner compensation to your labor stat? Or do owners just live off the profit? I don't know how any of this works. We are looking to take over an existing cafe space that has plans to close. We were running their numbers, and if we got everything into the right ratios, 30% COGS, 35% labor, 15% rent, um, I have comments about those that I'll get to, and we weren't able to grow at all, the profit isn't enough for anyone to live on. Ha ha. Ha ha is right. I would say... <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> that uh, is uh, 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 uh. that. That's a, a kind of a the thing with this whole coffee industry thing is that they don't you don't make you rich. Makes you rich in something else. Though. Yeah, I mean, I guess it can in the long yeah. run if you scale, yeah. um, or if you have a really tight one cafe. But yeah, I would adjust those numbers a touch. Where, which I mean, if you adjust them all, then you're gonna be. Basically right. Um, if you adjust them all, you'll be right. That's awesome. <laughs> it's kind of true if you adjust them to where they're supposed to be because 30% cogs is not going to happen. Um, you're going to bump up, especially if you're serving food. So you're I would... Selling retail. Uh, I'm sure this will be controversial. I would crank that a good 5 to 10%. Yeah. 35% labor. You can probably get that down a little bit and still be paying people very good wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll discuss on whether your compensation should be in that. And then 15% rent is very high. So I would aim for your rent to be more in the 5 to 10% range. I don't know if you're including your utilities in there. If you are, then like that's probably fine. But mm-hmm. 15% rent is pretty wild. So on whether or not we include owner compensation into the labor stat, yes and no. So what a lot of business owners out there do, and if you agree or disagree, then please comment below. You often... All right, so if you are filed as an LLC, that means that you must take all money you take from the company as a distribution of profits, which means out of the net profit and not run yourself through payroll. I'm not a financial expert, but the way we do it and the way that many people do it is you you are an LLC filing as an S corp, which means Write that down. Yeah, so which means you essentially have shares of the company and you can then pay yourself as well. 
You can pay yourself a fair wage for your job title. Mm-hmm. Fair wage is very ambiguous. So I will say you can justify it. In my experience, uh, unless you're the IRS, then I'm not talking to you. Like, this is all Get a joke. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, if you, you... Your fair wage can be a lot lower than you could would think it would be. And the benefit of it is that you also then have taxable income, which... Like you get a tax form, which if you ever need to get any money from a bank later down the road, buy a house. Yeah, that's going to be very helpful for you. So that's what I would do for a portion of your pay. And then the rest of your pay, take it out of the bottom line as a distribution. And I think a lot of people may be confused, and I'm sure a lot of different people do it uh, in some different ways. But would it be fair to share that we take out from our bottom line a fixed amount as well? I think sometimes people yeah. might have it in their heads of like, oh, I'm just the owner, so I guess I'll just take what's left over. Yeah. But uh, there's, there's some merit to that. One Step one, you need to, need to understand the difference between profit and loss as one metric and then cash flow as the other metric. Because yep. your P&L, and just literally, if you don't know how to read a P&L, just YouTube how to read P&L balance sheet and cash flow statement. It's fun. Uh, if you don't know how to read a P&L, then you're going to see that bottom line. You're going to be like, this is how much money I took in. Mm-hmm. But that is not true. Mm-hmm. Some things are not in your, P- your, your P&L. Like if you buy an espresso machine, that is a fixed asset. Fixed assets do not go in your P&L because you are then transferring your money, and then they get... Like you're essentially transferring your money to an object and that object depreciates over time. So like if you buy an espresso machine, if if you profit $20,000 in a month and you buy an espresso machine for $20,000, your P&L is still going to say you made $20,000. So if you see that and you're like, oh, I'm going to distribute $20,000 to myself this month, uh, you're you're going to be in bad shape. Your cash flow for that month would be negative $20,000. That's right. So I would definitely learn how to do that. And the good news is that we are going to teach you how to read those metrics in our community. 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 Commun- community. Which you can sign up for Drop. alerts for at the top link in our bio. Come on. So. I'm sure that was helpful for a lot of people. Thanks for sharing that. Oh yeah, I love talking P and L's, talking shop balance baby. sheets. All right, next question. And someone, people are people are talking in the comments. A little chatter, back and forth. There's some back and forth. Okay. So, <laughs> what do that, you yeah. do if you have a coffee trailer and don't have a garage to park it in? Can you cover the machine? So, for those of you who don't know, we're sitting here with with David Lamar, Lamont. Of Lamar Zoko, David Lamar Mar- Zoko, David Lamar Zoko. We are discussing things you don't want to do with an espresso machine. He's like, "Oh yeah, you just don't want to leave it outside in a trailer overnight when it's freezing." It was really just one thing you don't want to do. Yeah, and we're sitting at the table as our GS3 is outside in a trailer, and it's 29 degrees. <laughs> Oops, Fahrenheit, and Thank so. You. 
that's where this question stems from. And then someone responded and said, you could try a plug-in radiator type heater, not a standard electric space heater, depending on how cold it gets. Maybe just enough to keep it above 32 degrees Fahrenheit. Just make sure if you use an extension cord that it has a larger gauge wire, which is a smaller number. Yeah, confusing. True. Rated for that industrial or construction use. Then they responded and said, I didn't even think about a space type heater. Thank you, and good to know on the extension cord. So, Wait, what do you say about the extension cord? I, I missed that. He just said, use a radiator connected to an extension cord. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I, would, I think that's a good idea. It's probably a little less taxing than plugging in your espresso machine outside all night long, but the final option would be, it, this sucks, but just move your espresso machine inside. That is what David said in the episode. Yeah. Well, he did say garage. But, I mean, it might be a little bit of work, but, I mean, in between events, if you just always had your espresso machine sitting on your counter and you could make cappuccino latte, it's kind of a win-win. But if you're doing an event every other day and you live on the eighth floor of an apartment building or something, that could be pretty brutal. I don't know, man. That's just the idea of leaving a heater going and leaving and then coming back, I don't know. A little sketchy. I'm scared. Yeah, I get it. I'm scared. Yeah, but kept up at night. I'm going to be thinking about this a lot. Next question. Again, from the David Lamont episode. For us. And to have at home, what would you choose? Linea Mini with the latest brew-by-weight update or a GS3 AV? I get the feeling that the GS3 has been left behind a bit. What are the advantages it has compared to the Mini? Uh, I don't know if you have seen this. No, I have not. La Marzocco now sells an Akaya Lunar that doesn't say Akaya on it and says La Marzocco instead. Like nice. it's, it's a white label of, of sorts that talks to the Linea Mini. Okay. And essentially you have a drip tray scale a la Modvar ABR, Modvar. <laughs> Modbar AVR or uh-huh. Strata AV, ABR. S, X. <laughs> yeah. The, all the things. But you have it on the Linea Mini at home. Uh-huh. Volumetrics by, by weight. That's and good. that's pretty cool. So I was thinking the same thing, and I wanted to bring it up with David, but I forgot to. You were scared. I was, I was scared. <laughs> Shaking in your boots, man. So I think I am going to think about what is the best use of my money at home? And if I'm thinking, okay, I can buy a Linea Mini with that technology plus the scale for another 250 or whatever, and it comes out to $5,500 after tax and everything. Mm-hmm. And if, if I was starting from scratch, I would also have to buy a grinder. Uh-huh. So you have a million options out there, but let's say you wanted to get a dope grinder and it's $1,500 as well. You're all in right there for what you would spend on the GS3. So I'm going Linea Mini at home. Because you can get a whole setup instead of just getting an espresso machine. Yes. The downsides are that I don't like the form factor, but I do like the ability to have the scale. Yep. That's really cool. So that might beat out the enclosed group head. 
yep. and steam wand that I don't really love. I, I would, I personally wouldn't, I don't think I would get either. I think I would go a different direction. I know, crazy for my home. Do you want to say what you would do? All right, I'll preface with this. If I ever got a home machine, it would I would make sure that it was something. So I'm I'm just a liar. I'm lying. It happens, bro. I would get a Lenia Mini or a GS3 because I would then have the ability to use it for Valor. Aww. And I would maybe be able to leverage Valor's money a little bit Aww. to have a yeah, machine you, I use. You can do my GS3 for 500 bucks. <laughs> oh, okay. And so I'll say that. In a different world where I wasn't going to take my espresso machine out of my house, I would, I would have two options here. Option one is I would spend the money and get a decent. Oh, that's kind of fun. Because I want to play with all the crazy flow control pressure profiling yeah. stuff at home and really get a grasp on that. And I don't really do that. I mean, I don't make... I don't get on bar at work but th- we don't have that in our workflow we don't do pressure profiling you can work from home then <laughs> even more but i want to do it at home to experiment with it how much those puppies run mm, four really? yeah how about that okay yeah they just definitely from from what i've heard and seen they are not as good in a commercial environment oh sure because the steam boilers are tiny so i would either do that or other option, which I think is really what's going to happen for me, like this year, I'm going to get a flare. What? Like the manual. What? The flare 58. Because the older flares, they never had portafilters. filters. They had these like little things that you have to put them in, take out, and put the coffee in there. And you have to have like a smaller tamper. But now they have a flare with a 58 millimeter portafilter. filter. How much do those cost? 500. You wouldn't do it like a Breville? I would not. Okay. I'm sorry. Hey, dude. You can do like pressure profiling with the flare, which is really cool because you just change how hard you're pressing and there's a gauge. Oh, yeah. So you can make incredible espresso. I would get that and then I would get this new nano foamer situation that's like in the form of a kettle. Okay. And it steam it, it heats and aerates your milk, and the texture is incredible. It speaks for itself. And those are like two hundred or three hundred or something like that. So I would be all in under a grand. Okay. And then I have to buy a grinder because I'm not gonna do espresso on my ode. Which really would suck. You get like an amp. I'm not saying the ode would suck for espresso. You can definitely get the right burrs and make it good. But uh, no, nah, I'd probably get weird. Get the Weber. Yeah, I'd probably drop the money on the Weber uh, $2,000 hand grinder. Uh, Hey, you know what? We don't pay a lot of homage to the home barista community, so I'm glad we could just take this little moment to talk gear, talk shop. One last question for us. Sheesh. I know, I know. I feel like the prettiest girl at school today. Two questions. Hmm. As someone who is about to launch their mobile coffee biz with a GS3, can you all do a detailed video or article on the the jigglier clogging? Whoa. I'd like to get in front of that. Cheers. Do you have anything to say about that? Bro, uh, there's got to be something out there already. You know what I mean? Like, I watched. I can't remember. I've unclogged it a few times. I know I 
I needed to go get like a deep socket, but it wasn't that crazy. Mm. Well, learn how to like bleed the group head is probably pretty important too. Because mm. I didn't do that one time, and it was like, Pfft. yeah. Um, so just give us a step by step right here, right now. <laughs> yeah, about that. Uh, it's been a few years. Mm. I, well. Maybe we can we can look into it. Maybe we can do some recon or something and find find a professional. Yeah. But I mean, really, all you're doing is taking the group head apart enough, you know, taking some screws off the top, you know, after that plastic thing comes up, just making space, and then you're going in on the back side where the water is coming in, and you just have to take off one of the main water feed lines like copper tube and maybe that's where you need the deep socket mm. and then that opens up to where it starts to build pressure in the group head and that's where you feed the guitar string through mm-hmm. that's how i did it and i'm sure a professional does it mm. a different and better way yeah who yeah. knows we never even figured out what string it was ross said b but we'll see Last question. Since you gentlemen have mentioned not liking the E80 grinder, do you have other recommendations? Have you tried the Bentwood? I have not tried the Bentwood, so I can't speak to that. I'm just going to restate the reason we don't like the E80, and first of all say we want to like the E80. Give us a reason to like you, E80. It's not that bad. It's an awesome grinder. In so many ways. Yeah. And we're harsh because it's a $3,000 grinder that has to be completely disassembled once a week. And shout out to the coffee shops that are chill. And that, I mean, it, me and Sam uh, have, you know, counted and seen how long you can do it. And I think we got it down to like six minutes, mm-hmm. you know, but it is something that. It just takes some time, man. It takes yeah. a little bit of time. The hardest thing for me, I mean, we got that little wrench, special wrench, but that's where the most frustrating is that its does own design. Does it work? Well, I don't know. I said I hadn't <laughs> tried it yet. Maybe Sam had. But it's just hard to get the head off half mm. the time. And so you're like messing with these set screws and like trying to like break the open seal because I think a coffee bean gets stuck in there or something. Ugh. And I'm like, if it was just smoother and then we we made that or we received that like funnel that like funnels the coffee into the burrs Mm. easier and i think that helped so honestly like the fact that it like goes really fast and is pretty good i wouldn't say i hate it anymore Mm. i've like learned to live with it it's like a roommate you we got really high expectations you're like this is gonna be awesome everything's gonna be different now it's a whole new world. What's going to be different? <laughs> like moving out of your parents' house that you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, your or, first roommate. Or even in the grinder world. Like, we, I think, were we working with like a peak? What were we mm, doing? Yeah. It was peak before. And it took like eight seconds. Yeah. It was so old. It was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're like, this is going to be everything. Yeah. And then, you know, every rose has its thorns. That's all I'll say. It's a rose. It's pretty. It's held up pretty well. We've had to get, you know, what, 
three to six little augmentation devices like yeah. a metal flapper, the funnel, the wrench, mm-hmm. um, like a special little vacuum to reach up there. It's it's a little dumb. Yeah. It is a shame oh. because I would really love to be all in on this new like grind by sync technology that they're releasing. Yeah, it's hard to get behind that. Because we just got a new machine that supports it. And it would, you know, in essence, what, you know, what's, what's one of the biggest problems during a day after dialing in is like your grinder essentially drifting because of heat and climate changes. Mm. But it's likely that your espresso tastes pretty good in the same parameters all day long. So in a world where it's adjusting itself to meet your time criteria that you input in the morning, Sounds pretty cool. Sounds like sounds like you can focus on other things in the cafe. Wow. And your espresso is gonna taste fire all day long. Wow. It's a little hard to swallow the pill of buying another one of these for three thousand dollars when you have to remove the bottom burr carrier and clean under it every week. Sure. But maybe we will. I don't know. Maybe they'll let us borrow one. Yeah. Or have one. Yeah. Try to, you know, reconcile. Yeah. Uh, Mount Koenig or GH, if you want to sponsor the program, let us know. Yeah, we'll stop saying uh, anything <laughs> critical. It'll just be the good stuff. Hey, criticism's good. Yeah. And, no, and I really have lightened up, lightened up lately. Like, it's a good grinder. It grinds super fast. It's When it's cleaned, like, uh, especially under that bottom bird carrier, pretty religiously. I mean, it doses really well. It doesn't really spray anymore. Mm. We just had to, you know, get those, all those little bugs working. So the last thing I'll say is that I don't think we're unique in this. We've talked to a lot of other people who have faced the same thing. So I would suggest to Malconig to get this figured out. It's It's just a suggestion. Yeah, no. We love the EK. Oh, we've got four of them. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, check that out. In total, we got got an S too. Yeah. Uh. So, but the last thing on an alternative recommendation, Mm -hmm. I would say if you like the E80 and the thought of it, and you're okay with taking it apart, then get this wrench from Art Presso. We haven't. Ethan says he hasn't used it yet, but we bought it, and I've heard that it makes things easier. So the funnel helps too. Get the little uh, hopper funnel. Get the metal flapper, and you might love it. Thanks, Bellwood. Bellwood gave us that idea. Or yeah, resource. So there's that. If you're not going to do that, I mean, they're not flashy. They're not fancy, but the Anthem Scotty Two is a beast of it's a grinder. Workhorse. Its clump crusher is terrible. Oops. Whenever you make adjustments, you have to purge a million times. Because it just stores a lot of coffee in that spring. Yeah, so that's the bummer, is that you're going to... Would you say you waste more coffee with the Scotty? Maybe. So it's all it's all about what where you want to have waste. Do you want to waste your time cleaning the, the grinder? Do you want to waste coffee? Yeah, I mean, we're going to get into this a little bit with like owning a coffee shop. Um but the more things that you have in your coffee shop that like tie you to it 
is probably uh, a hazard for your dreams of like, I just want it to be able to run and like be self-sustainable. But when you have to like, either you come in all these different checkpoints to work on your own equipment or train someone and have to compensate them more versus like you just have a grinder that works. It's kind of nice because like, it's not just the grinder, you know, we have our ice machine problems and our air vent problems and our refrigerator problems. So it's, I'm sure it's like an isolated issue. It's like, yeah, you know, whatever, we'll figure it out. But it's usually for someone either in management or in coffee shop ownership, it's when all those little things just kind of like stack up. You're like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. So frustrating. Um, but yeah, I like the Anthem. I feel like one day we'll get a Mazer. Darn it. Yeah. They just seem like kind of like Anthem's absolute workhorses, mm-hmm. motors. Um, I mean, we own a Mythos. Yeah, I I don't recommend that one. That's also it's also ten years old to pass. be real. It's so, just I'm like the burgers are freaking diagonal. How yeah, does that even make sense? It's that's no it's not good. It's crazy. And the it gets clogged twenty five seven. Twenty five eight. Right. Yeah. But that's an old one. But, I mean the new ones are kind of still built in a similar way, but I've heard that they are better. Oh well, that's awesome. But can't speak to the Bentwood. I'm sorry. I ain't never heard of that. Segway. Hello. You mentioned it. I guilty. So it, it's funny. Ross isn't here for this because I'm going to say most people who hit, uh, who hit us up, but it's, it's really they're hitting Ross up. Well, sometimes us. Come on. Yeah, you're right. You're right. A lot of people who hit us up, especially in terms of, you know, looking to start a coffee shop, a coffee program, so on and so forth. Maybe not most people, but I'd say at least 50%. Of people. Right, right. Oh. They don't have coffee experience. Yep. Which is interesting. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people want to open coffee shops? Well, I I take that and I think about when we were young. Mm-hmm. And people say, why did you want to start a coffee company? And I go, Duh. I don't know. It was cool and I liked it. And it was a fun job. And coffee culture seems like cool. Mm. And I mean, I think that can evolve to a lot more healthy and mature places of like, I love serving people or I love uh, making things for people and hosting um, or uh, a subsection that is not us, but is a lot of other people I reach out. I was like, I want this to be like a part of my life. Like I have other stuff. Like yeah. I'm... Uh, I'm a professional skydiver, mm-hmm. and I want to have a coffee shop. Yep. Or I'm Jimmy Butler. I'm a traveling pizza juggler. artist. Yeah. Pizza artist. They like <laughs> do the best pizzas. While juggling. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be pretty sick. Um, <laughs> that one's interesting, and that's probably for a lot of these people that have other careers, paths, and maybe they're making a transition to. Or they're later in life. Yeah. They have a little bit of cash. Yes. Retirement plan. Yeah, and they're like, I'm going to have a cafe. Yeah. For the, le- the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. And it'll be like a part of my life. So a lot of different reasons. But um, yeah, a lot of people that reach out to us that are starting something often don't have uh, tenure in yeah. this industry, which I haven't had a lot of tenure in other industries. So I don't know if that's super common or not. Yeah. But I would imagine there's probably not a ton of people that are like, I'm going to start. 
tax firm, and I'm not a CPA. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. It's I, I often forget whenever I go into one of our cafes that like, you know, this is my cafe and this is really cool. Mm-hmm. It's like this is one of the coolest spots around. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely a driving factor for so many, and you know, in a way. I think people perceive it as giving back to the community with a place to come. Mm-hmm. And especially as you get further along, that's something you're interested in. It makes sense. That's what we were doing. We were giving back already. We're 18. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the thing that people run into pretty quickly, even whenever we're talking about those who might have a traveling career like another thing, is that Budget-wise, within a coffee shop framework, owners so often have to be the managers. For at least a while. Yeah. Well, that that connects perfectly with that question we had earlier. And and we want to shout out, we were hanging out with some awesome people yesterday, too. This kind of stoked some of those questions and ideas. Shout out to Edwin and Zoe uh, out in... uh, Dallas area, and they hooked us up with some awesome coffee, which we haven't talked about yet. No, we haven't. Stay tuned to the end of the program for a review. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, but, yeah, it it's, can kind of come as a shock of, like, maybe a coffee shop's not the most, like, uh, plug-and-play for passive income. Yeah. Unless you passively want $500. What do you think passive income is? Just in general? Like, what do you think is actually passive income? I can think of, like, one thing. I think it's just when you own property and then you hire a property management company. That, and then, okay, and two then, things. Then you get a small cut, but yeah. you don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you don't do anything. I'm sure you got to take calls mm-hmm. when it goes above their head about, yeah. like, the AC unit. I would say that's one. Okay. The other one is <sighs> generational wealth. <laughs> You, get, you just get it. That's passive, baby. Come on, baby. Not to do anything. Uh, grandpa, okay. my grandma. Okay, three. I'm going to get three. Uh, okay. Um, owning a sports team, if you want it to be. Uh, no. I'm sure a lot. And no, hey, if there's any sports team's owners that are watching this, I'm sure. I like think the Waltons are really hands-on with the Broncos. Yeah, or like freaking Arthur Blank. He's pretty hands-on, right? David Tepper. Oops. Ooh, spicy. Ouch. Yeah. I would say the only other one that comes to mind is like the stock market. Oh, I know. And that is, that's a job. Yeah. It could be a job. I mean, kind of. Well, well, okay. Yeah. If you're like day trading, I'm just saying. But I'm just saying, yeah, there's a spectrum. People think, when people think about, not everyone, because, anyways, when I used to think about the stock market, I would think about day trading. Yeah. But then I just learned about like index funds and retirement. Set it and forget it Just kind of like, stuff. Yeah, that's what you got to do. And that's the only, only, I would say, true way to have passive income. A lot of people are saying if you put a million dollars in stocks, you can get $50,000 a year. And in, in, uh, dividends? Yeah, I heard that this morning <laughs> from a very reliable source. That's what they say. So that's what I'm doing with my million. That is passive <laughs> income. You just have to get a million dollars first somehow. Okay. A so. uh, quick uh, call out if you guys have a million dollars. I will we'll take, take it. it. Can I have half? Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So back to the topic <laughs> and passive. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're talking like starting your own thing, 
um, and having it just be a part of your life, I'm sure some people pull that off. But it probably comes with some different expectations of at some point <clears throat> you either need a GM to run your thing and that cut of that already small profit area that we were talking about just got really small and mm-hmm. you're making like some money mm-hmm. and you're not super need to be there or you are paying yourself a part of that like labor side because you're working and you're taking distributions um, and you're probably acting as the GM for a while, mm. which is what we had to do mm-hmm. and still do. Yeah. Yes. So with that, do you think you can be a manager, an effective, um, dare I say, good manager without coffee experience? In our experience. I mean, I guess we can't even speak to this. We just, we just have so much experience. Oh, yeah, we're geniuses. <laughs> well, you can probably be skilled and awesome in a lot of ways, like team dynamics, general problem solving but when it comes to well okay i'll back up a little bit we talked about this if you don't have a ton of coffee experience that really limits who you can bring on your team because at the end of the day you probably need someone with some amount of coffee experience to know how to fix things when they break because uh that is a big slice of the pie when it comes to management it's just fixing the problems and in the cafe a good handful of those will be coffee related problems um so yes i think you do need coffee experience to be a functional manager of the space so that you can also widen your pool of people that may come and work for you who may not be already super skilled in coffee Mm. but you can train them. Um, oh, good point. Instead of just having to like rely on hiring expertise. But I do think about a book that we're actually going to hand out later that we've read many times in our company, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Mm-hmm. Patrick. Uh, Patrick Lencioni. If you want to be on the program, let us know. Come on. Um, and that involves a woman named Catherine, a fable, mm-hmm. a woman named Catherine taking over a company where she doesn't know anything about the technology but she's just making it all happen, you know? She's a visionary. She's a visionary. She's a team builder. Mm -hmm. So there's all these, like, intangibles, but at the end of the day, there were still experts in the field, a part of that team. Mm. So whether it's going to be you or somebody higher, which you already, there's, I mean, transparently, we've talked about this a little bit, it's kind of scary to hire people because they can leave whenever they want, depending on what state you're in. Georgia... Everybody can come and go. Um, but having someone that you just hire on your team but is like an absolutely critical part of your company can be kind of scary. Mm. And you can operate in a little bit of scarcity mindset. You're like, I can't lose this person. They're the only one that knows about coffee. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we've been talking a lot this past year about like self-development. And it's like if you're going to start something, you need to start accruing a wealth of knowledge about what you're stepping into. Yeah, to not only empower yourself for those moments of leadership, but empower the people that you're bringing on your team. Yeah, as well. Yeah, so you're saying get a coffee job. I'm saying 
if you want to be in coffee full time and have your own thing, you should probably get a coffee job. Would you say the same thing to the 40 year old who's kind of changing it up? <sighs> well, so that's the thing that usually, typically, the older, more seasoned you are in life, uh, typically the more cost you have associated with your life. And so going from maybe making 100 grand a year to making 30, 40 grand a year as a barista might not be a functional opportunity for you. Yeah. We do have people that reach out and be like, hey, I will come work the weekends to learn how to do this. For free. Like people have said that. People, yeah, people have never free. We don't really want to. But. <laughs> we do have someone on our staff that we call an intern, but she's not. <laughs> we, we pay her. Shout out, Lyndon. Um, but yeah, I think if it was like the four-year-old mom or dad that's like got work and stuff, I would say you just got to create some area to start working on that, though. Yeah. Whether it's online courses, because there's a lot of awesome. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot, but there's some online resources. Shout out Barista Hustle. Uh, shout out our community one day. Come on. Some people would call doing the thing where you have to go get the job and taking a pay cut or working the weekends, paying off your ignorance debt. Oh. So you're, you're ignorant. I, I, ignorance is not a bad word, okay? It's, I'm, it's I'm, bliss, baby. I'm ignorant in a lot of ways, but if you haven't worked in coffee, you're ignorant to working in coffee. Yeah. So a part of your startup cost is paying off that ignorance debt to go get that job in coffee for a minute and kind of build some chops. Yep. And I, I think so much is to be said about, like, you can be there and you can just ask questions. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of times people just don't ask questions. So mm-hmm. get into the room, get with that, you know, get right underneath that manager in this coffee shop and figure out what they're doing. And just be like, you know, even off the clock, can I just shadow you a little bit so I can get this as, as knowledge as fast as I can and putting in a little bit of work, like probably wouldn't have to work there for that long. No. Just just to get enough. The longer the better, though. No, I agree. Here. I agree. And that's why Back me up on it's, it's great to start a like start doing this when you're younger. So you not as much on. at stake. And that's what Will said when he was on our program that like a lot of people who work in coffee, they just ride out a job for a little while and opportunity will just present itself. Uh-huh. It's how we got to where we are. We mm-hmm. just went to the right things and we were all broke, but eventually we just like got a, a good break and then we were able to set up somewhere every day. Yeah, well, even if you think about, this is a little flashback moment, but there's a time where we're growing Valor. We all have coffee jobs. Within the coffee industry and us going to other cafes, you got like Joel and Charles Norman working at coffee shops, waiting Mm -hmm. for their opportunity. You got Khalid and Aaron working at coffee shops, waiting for their opportunity. Mm -hmm. You got Conan working at coffee shops, waiting for his opportunity. JP. JP. Working in coffee shops, waiting for his opportunity. Probably a bunch of other people I'm failing to mention. I'm sorry. Um, fast forward five, six, seven years. Valor, Bellwood, Portrait, Academy, Metalark. I mean, that's just like, those are all five people that are just busting it in coffee, trying to do it, you yeah. know? And they're all, I would say, extremely successful. Like, they're some of my favorite cafes out there. Um, and that's because they were like boots on the ground in it trying to start 
their own thing. Yeah, you got to be in the room to have opportunities. Yes, yeah, yeah, or just have a ton of money. Yeah, which, or just have a ton of money. Which, you know... If you're out that. there with a million dollars... Let us know. Let us know. We'll take it. We'll help you out. Take it off your hands. Yeah, so there's this other point that a lot of the people online that I think people are think are sleazy are the people who are trying to teach something that they've never done. Mm. I mean, okay, people people think everyone online is sleazy. Exhibit A. Yeah. A couple of sleaze bags right here. <laughs> we're, we're sleazing. So, Stay sleazy. But the people who never get anywhere are the people who teach something that they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm. So that is a big part of it, is that how can you expect to hire a staff, be their direct manager, and then teach them something you have no clue what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Their standard is going to be you, mm-hmm. the person you, the person <laughs> who doesn't know what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, um, another thing we're not we haven't hit on yet because a lot of people that are starting this do just love coffee, right? And so you can build that wealth of knowledge and information and take the classes and like be at a training lab and you know you're moving slow and you're stock fluffing whatever you're doing <laughs> you're doing it you're watching the tiger stripe uh yeah. but there's so much more attached like what actually <laughs> you, you just described coffee like <laughs> stock fluffing 12 stock. years ago dude that's the golden era all right um tiger striping era yeah, back to tiger striping so that is just a slice. Of the, I'm just talking about pie slices. I get some freaking hungry. You do love pie. Now, we're going to go get some pie dessert. after this. Pulled pie and ice cream or cobbler. Cobbler's the best because it's like a pie with no crust. It's, it's just soupy pie. It's just like all... Oh, I'm hungry. Um, anyways, sorry. Let me compose myself. There's so much more to working in the cafe and being a manager besides just like, how's the coffee tasting today? Yeah. And that is such a big part that if you don't have that passion and you're not pushing forward and you're not being that standard you're talking about, it's never going to excel and keep growing. Then there's just like the do you like to do mm. grunt work or a day yeah. kind of thing. Because a lot of times I think we can fantasize what it's like to work at a coffee shop. And we have a lot of people that apply that like, oh, yeah, it's so chill. It's just like fun. And mm-hmm. I feel so good when I'm there. Yeah. But... Um, something that we try to teach in training or even ask in interviews is every day at Valor is like a party, but when you go from being a guest at the party to being a host at the party, there's just different strings attached. You know, mm-hmm. like a host is probably having maybe even the most fun or some of the most fun out of every, anyone there. They just happen to have their eyes up. They're looking to see if everybody's got their drinks, their food. They're taking care of. They're they're not too hot, not too cold. They're checking in on people. Just there's work attached to like running that space. Mm-hmm. So that'd probably be my biggest push to be like, you should probably just get in there and see if you like it. Yeah. Because it doesn't mean you're a good person or a bad person if you don't like doing that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, is that a, an area of your life where you find sustainability and passion? Yeah, I think about everyone who considers moving from a hobby to profession, moving mm-hmm. moving their hobby to prof- a profession. Yeah. And I think that that's a good chunk of people that want to get into coffee. You know, they might have the decent at home and they oh. love pressure profiling 
and pulling good shots of espresso and so on and so forth. Maybe they got into coffee because they go into their local coffee shop and they like the environment of their local coffee shop. But making that jump is hard because it's so much different whenever you are actually in it. Like you said, working on it, doing Dude, some yeah. grunt work. So I would I would say that for sure. So the, being in the cafe also just teaches you like, you know, we were talking about how you need to be, probably need to be a manager at least for a little while, but being in a cafe before you get it going is it helps you with, do I want to be a manager long-term? Yeah. Is, is this my new gig? Yeah. Yeah, because you can have a decent living if you're by yourself running a cafe. You're like the main GM. You can probably pay your way for a, a while with what you need. Yeah. But figuring out is that the place you want to be or is it I want to replace myself and do something else? Yeah. I like to bake. I'd never want to be a baker. Oh, man. And I like to play Ultimate Frisbee, and I would like to be an <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee player. I just need to make, like, a million dollars. Yeah. Wait, what are they making? Zero dollars? I think maybe they're covering flights. Mm. There's a league. I digress. I know uh, Marquez Brownlee. Oh, Brownlee, yeah. He, he drives his car around everywhere. Really? I mean, everywhere, I guess, in New England. I mean, they play... Across across the nation, bro. Hey, there's not a lot of this coffee left, so it might be a good time to talk about this coffee. I'd agree. Well, thank you, Edwin and Zoe. They brought us actually three coffees, Mm -hmm. and so we picked one. We picked Cultivar from Dallas. Did it say Dallas? Yeah, Dallas. The other ones, one didn't say where it was from, and one said uh, Copal, Copal. Mm. Not too familiar with the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area, to be honest with you. Same here. We got to make it out, though. Yeah. Or or Austin. Or Austin. Oh. oh. <laughs> Someday. Someday. Um, shout out to the, like, biodegradable bag that does leave a mark, all right? <gasps> that comes at a cost. Ooh. The rip. Man. This is a scarred bag. <laughs> um, Santa Ana, anaerobic natural, um from Colombia. Mm. I think it's one of those things where it's from Colombia and one of the varietals is Colombia. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. Colombia is a varietal of coffee. Mm-hmm. But there's three varietals in here. Castillo, Catura, Colombia. Classic tria. Tria. Tria, I said. <laughs> Sorry. I would say the tasting notes are pretty spot on. Fermented strawberries, dark chocolate, red wine. Wow. This is one of the more developed coffees we've had on the program. Yeah. Made top 10. Mm-hmm. We've had some barn burners, though. But it's, spoiler alert, it's good. Yes. I like how it's developed. It is developed nicely. There's, I wouldn't say there's an ounce of, like, roasty bitterness no, to no, it. No, 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 They. It seems as if they know what they're doing. I wonder what they're roasting on. Hey, what are you roasting on? Mm. Yeah, what are you roasting on? Yeah, peep the strap, man. Check it out. Yeah. It's got their website. Don't really know what their logo means on the back. No offense. I'm sorry. It's just some arrows. Hey, what the heck? Uh, How how was the the user experience? Start there. Dude. um, Four out of five. Yeah. Classic. Four out of five. What? Yeah. The rip, you know, was a little ugly. But, Mm. hey, it comes at a cost. Yeah. And I respect the... Respect it. How about the content? 
Things I'm noticing right away, again, personal preference. I know we we all think differently on this one, but it took you a minute to find out this coffee was from Colombia. Oops. Process varietal producer. Yeah. Yeah, tasting notes is like one of the biggest things. And I don't know what Santa Ana, the, the name they gave it? Is it the farm? Probably probably the name the farm gave it. The co-op? Okay. Yeah. Well, I think it, yeah, it's a co-op. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Dude, it looks like they print their labels every day with the roast date on them. Got to respect that. Okay. Shout out, Cultivar. We see you. That that takes it up a notch. For Shout sure. to, I bet Cultivar is pretty, pretty serious about their talking about their coffee because Cultivar sounds like a very origin-specific name. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry if you're mad about the Columbia thing. I kind of want to start printing our roast dates. And adding a QR code. We don't have a ton of rollover with yeah. our with our stickies. We wouldn't have to sticker anymore. Oh yeah. You just build it into the sticker. Yeah. Riley. Oh my gosh. And thank you, Cultivar, for that idea. <laughs> we will be taking I've that seen now. it. I just haven't really thought about it before. Right. Okay. Content. Is it, yep. One. Is there a website or Instagram? It's got all the the specs on yeah. the back. Okay. All right. I'm ready. One, two, three, seven. seven. I mean, thank you for the information. Um, it was a slightly confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't nothing, quote unquote, like distinct or special that talks about cultivar or this coffee even. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was surprised maybe there's not something on the back instead yeah. of just their logo um, or even a. QR code to tell me a little bit more about the coffee, but hey, so I mean, it's, it's got it's got the content. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Edwin, I don't know much about them, but it, he did say they're like a Dallas staple, so maybe they're just probably been doing it for a while. Yeah, and they they have their way. Yeah, respect it. Um, aesthetic. Let's go. One, two, three, six. six. Dang, okay, we're aligned. Dog. When Ross isn't here, yeah, Ross is just our. Wrench, bro. Um, standard bag. Yeah. Standard bag. Standard bag. Respect the bio. Uh, biodegradable bag. Um, yeah, nothing nothing to write home about, but I'm sure just when it comes to like this, I don't know what their wholesale presence is, but like just getting coffee, awesome coffee from an awesome coffee shop. It's yeah. like, it's, an, it's a no fuss moment. The bag is a little wider set. I like that. Yeah. Any any amount of getting wider makes it a lot of people don't do it because it makes it weird for grocery space. But when they do it, it's nice. Yeah, respect. All right, how about the flavor of this coffee? Man, I was extremely pleased. Me too. Now I'll say this: um, you guys are gonna love this, and I talk about this all the time. <laughs> I look at the coffee. I mean, I'm, we're only brewing it one time, and we also didn't get. I bet it would have been awesome as a cappuccino, bro. Freaking crazy. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, we haven't mentioned that. Oh crap. <laughs> Maybe we'll say at the top of the show. Everybody's going to be so worried. Yeah, true. We don't have an espresso machine behind us because, as we mentioned a few episodes ago, we sold it. Oops. So we'll have another one probably in the next couple of weeks here. Shout out Southern Girl Cafe. Yeah. Out of uh, Oxford. Southern AL. Girl Coffee. Oh, Southern Girl Coffee. Sorry, guys. Yes. Um, the nicest people oh I've gosh. ever met. 
They're Same. so nice. Yeah. And I didn't mention this uh, at the top show, but obviously I'm a little under the weather, guys. So <laughs> I was bummed that I couldn't be my my classic crazy chipper self with hey. them when they came and picked up the machine. I'm sure they would have wanted me to do the worm yep. or something. Your staple. They're like, there's Ethan. Doing the worm. Is he going to do the worm? Yep. And then I was like, hey, guys, I'm not doing the worm. Flavor. Flavor. One, two, two three, three, eight. Oh. oh, my gosh. I mean, it, I, I was... Oh, I didn't even say what I was going to say. I see the coffee. I'm like, this is so dark. Yeah. I always... I typically make the pour over on the XF the same way. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I got to change it because this is way more soluble. Yeah. It's going to extract faster. Mm-hmm. And so I coarsened up and a it worked. lot. And it tasted great. Yeah. And I'll say this, by the end of it, shout out to Darker Coffee. By the end of it, like the last 150 grams, it was literally just like water was coming through. I'm yeah. like, what? It's, it's not picking up anything. I'm like, we, we got it all. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, we got it. The finish is so good. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying, I guess I'll say nine because there's just room in life. Um, <laughs> but it was so pleasing. Yeah. That's why I would put it towards enjoyability, which enjoyability. One, two, two three, three ten. ten. Agreed. Yeah, maybe it wasn't like the craziest flavor, mm. but it was so uh, pointed. Yeah. It delivered really well. For sure. Well, hey, I'm excited to crunch it. See okay, what happens. here goes nothing. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Interesting. It didn't hurt. Didn't like uh Yeah, that's nice. My teeth are still intact. Not too cigarette at all. No. Get that fruit. Interesting. Interesting finish. Oh, pickles. Oh, dill. Uh <laughs> bread and butter. Ah. Whoa. Gherkin. All right. Crunch. One, two, three, three. Four. Ah. Yeah. I don't know. I was expecting the crunch to be amazing. Really? Yeah. I think with darker coffee, sometimes it can get ashy and mm. cigarette but yeah. it wasn't much like that for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I gave it a four. Yeah. All right. Do, 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 do. Riley's doing math. Um, can I just say, this was so fun. Yeah. Sitting down with you. Agreed. Um, what's the score, man? Cultivar, you just got a 39 Cementing you as one of our upper tier coffees. What Riley says every week, <laughs> but it's true. We're <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Um, I was really pleasantly surprised. I will say I saw the coffee and I was like, oh, this might be bad because it's like a natural and I see some oil on it. Mm-hmm. We're screwed. Mm. But lo and behold, they knew what they were doing yep. and they hooked us up right. They do say everything's better in Texas. Um, I thought I said everything's bigger in Texas. I know. I'm just joking. We're having fun on, on today's program. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I I would be lying if I said when I see that we're tasting a natural coffee, I'm... I'm okay, maybe I'll start that sentence again. Whenever I see we're tasting a natural coffee, I'm a little less excited. Do you want to say why? I agree. Yeah, I just don't want to be punched in the mouth with one flavor. And that's so much of what happens. And when I taste one and that's not the case, I'm blown away, which yeah. is this. Yes. And 
it's not overly fermenty, which is funny because they have two fermented notes on Oops. here and red wine and fermented strawberries. But it's okay. Maybe I'll say it, it, it doesn't taste like freaking port. No. And that is a huge plus. And just when I retaste watch coffee, the flavors are more nuanced and clean. Yeah. I like clean coffees, cleanliness. Yeah, a little showcase, a little complexity, nuance. Mm-hmm. I get it. Close send us washed coffees. Everybody's yeah. trying to show, send us face melters, mm-hmm. and I respect that. Yeah. All your boring stuff. Yeah. Give us, give us, give us, it's boring not boring. Thing. It's not boring. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Give us a nuanced, interesting, washed Colombian, or just give us whatever coffee you want. I mean, we're just asking. Us yeah, that's it. We're asking for, come on. You do better. Uh, thank you, Edwin and Zoe. It was a pleasure sitting down with you guys. Seriously. Yes, it was. Um, and this was awesome. With that, hey, love you, man. Love you, man. Cheers. <laughs>